This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Welcome to June. I cannot believe that we are in June. And I don't know about you, but June around my house is busy. In fact, the fat the past two years, and I hate using the word busy because normally I'm not busy. My life is full, but I really pride myself on staying out of the busy. But when I look at June, it's really full. It's really busy. There's a lot of stuff going on, especially over the past couple of years. My oldest son graduated last year, and this year my middle son is graduating. It's also my youngest son's birthday, which we skipped over last year because the month was so full, and I've never lived it down. Seven-year-olds don't forget stuff. For any of you moms out there listening, you'll know this. And I had to let it go. It's not that we didn't celebrate it at all. We just had a lot on our plate and we didn't do the party. So for any of you guys out there listening, thinking you're dropping the mom ball, full permission to do this messy. And you know what? There'll still be therapists around when our kids are older. So remember, doing your best is good enough. So this year, my middle son is graduating. It is Jake's birthday again. We will not skip it this year. It's also my mom's birthday. We got Father's Day. We have Sports Day. We have Year of School Wrap-Up. And on top of that, I'm still recording podcast episodes and writing content and coaching my clients. These are all really, really important things. So this is why in June, June is the month of no for me. June is like December. It's how many, how many times can I say no? Because with such a full schedule, it really means that I have to watch my time and make sure that nothing is on there that's going to overextend me. And this is why on today's episode, I wanted to dive into boundaries. Because when you have a month that is full, it is your responsibility to hold the boundaries for what you need to continue to show up as your best. Because I know you, you want to juggle all the balls, you want to do all the things, you want to make sure everybody's taken care of, and you're already feeling exhausted and run down and probably bordering if you're not already in burnout. I know how high achievers operate. I know when we are A-type personalities, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do a lot of things. Right. And here on the Full Frontal Living podcast, we are all about thriving, not surviving. So, in this month of June, and especially with the contest that I'm running right now, if you share any episode of the Full Frontal Living podcast using the hashtag of the same name, you're going to get entered into a draw to potentially win a one to one coaching call with me. I thought, what a better topic than boundaries because it's something that every single one of my clients struggle with. I'm going to share with you what it was like when I learned about boundaries. We're going to talk about what they are for and what they are not for. And I want to educate you around how boundaries are one of the most powerful ways you show yourself love and respect. Because remember, self-care isn't something you do. It's who you are being. It's how you show up for yourself. It's not about the manis and the petties. It's about how you actually treat yourself, how you show up for yourself. 
All right. So I want to start with saying that boundaries are for you and they're not about other people. Okay. So I'm going to say that again. Boundaries are for you and they are not about the other person. So going back in time, and I, you know, I'm just noticing that there's a little hummingbird floating outside my window right now. And if you don't know, hummingbirds are all about joy and fun and ease. So I always think it's it's very cool when they show up when I'm about to dive into a deep topic because it reminds me, you know, Lisa, you can talk about serious and important things, but have fun with it. Have fun with this show. So when I first learned about boundaries, I had no idea what they were. I was like the kid in the class going, I don't get it. Can you can you explain it again? So this, of course, happened when I'd gone off to my family rehab therapy over at my husband's treatment facility, which is called Edgewood. It's over here on Vancouver Island. And I'd gone in for a week to do this family program, which if you listen to episode one, I talked about, I went there thinking that I was going to learn how to help and support my addict, only to find out that I was there to pretty much get my ass handed to me and learn that I needed to take responsibility for the pile of crap that I was standing in. And having no boundaries was part of the pile of poop that I came to realize. So here I am sitting with all these, you know, educated professional people, and they're having us practice boundaries. And I'm literally like, can somebody help me here? Because I don't understand what you're saying. Because for me, boundaries felt mean and cruel. And like I would be being a bitch if I said no to people or God forbid, put myself first. What did that even mean? So I'm going to talk more about, you know, how that played out. But fast forward, I remember one of the first times that I set a boundary with a person who was very, very close to me. This was a business relationship. And I had been taking over a large financial responsibility for one of my partners for a really long time. Now, she hadn't asked me to take over that responsibility. I just stepped in and said, I'll take care of everything because I know you're struggling. Okay, classic caretaker. Classic caretaker, right? She didn't ask me to do that for her. I stepped in and took on that responsibility myself. Okay, so this isn't about blaming her. This is full responsibility on Lisa's shoulders here. And I remember the day that I made the decision with the support of my my group at the time to have the conversation with her and hand that responsibility back to her. And this was my first time really setting a, a big boundary and saying, I can't do this anymore. I remember almost having an anxiety attack about it, feeling like horrible and what was going to happen if I wasn't taking care of this bill for her and how was she going to, you know, how was she going to navigate her life and had all these stories. We sat down, had the conversation. We both were very loving and respectful of each other. She took on her responsibilities again. And even though I felt horrible and immediately wanted to say, never mind, like I'll keep paying, don't worry about it, I didn't. I sat there, I stayed in my discomfort, and it radically changed my financial situation because when you're taking on other people's financial responsibilities, one, like I was throwing myself under the bus, and two, I was actually perpetuating her suffering right? Because she wasn't having to take responsibility for what was her responsibility. And this is what happens in in these kind of codependent relationships. It's a dance each person does, right? The caretakers love to caretake and there's other people who love to be taken care of, right? And we can play many roles. We can wear all the hats, but we're going to kind of unpack part of this in this story. So I had no boundaries And I was constantly throwing myself under the bus, doing all the things for everyone. This was me with my time, right? I'd have a client that wanted to change her time. So I would move people around and juggle things around to get her on my schedule and then only to have her cancel, right? How many times has that happened to you where you bent over backwards to accommodate somebody and then you end up kind of you know, holding the bag when they cancel or they change plans, right? So I would be sitting there resentful, feeling uh, resentful about that. 
I did it with money. Like I said, I would, you know, I had no boundaries around my money. I would just spend whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. Well, that led to a very large credit card bill and was a direct reflection of my relationship with money, which was a direct reflection of the relationship that I was having with myself. I had no boundaries in relationships, right? So, I mean, come on, guys. I got into a relationship with somebody who was struggling with alcohol and drugs, right? So I tolerated a lot of things. That shows a lack of boundaries. So here's some examples of what poor boundaries look like. So I want you to check in with your own life. So people, you make people a priority, but you're often treated as an afterthought. So I want I want you to think about that. I had a good friend say to me once, Lisa, don't make somebody your priority when they are making you their option. Let that land. Are you making people a priority while you're recognizing that they're making you their option? Okay, poor boundaries also looks like saving people. Right? We've talked about this on previous episodes, and we're going to go into it more in the future. This belief that people can't take care of themselves. Well, we all come to this planet equipped to figure stuff out. We don't need to save anybody. So if we're saving other people, that's a reflection that we have poor boundaries. Because if we're busy saving someone else, guess what? We're not taking care of ourselves. We like to threaten Right? So maybe you like to threaten people, but you never follow through. Like if you don't do XYZ, I'm going to do this. But then you don't follow through. You don't hold the boundary. Or you say that you're not going to tolerate behaviors, but then end up tolerating them. And in fact, your levels of tolerance keep increasing. So if you look back in time and you think, man, I remember a time when I said that I totally wouldn't put up with, you know, my kid coming home at 10 o'clock and now all of a sudden it's 2 a.m. and I'm tolerating that. That's not okay. Or boundaries in your business where you said, you know, you weren't going to work past four o'clock in the afternoon and all of a sudden it's 1130 at night and you're still sitting in front of your screen, right? So increased levels of tolerance over things that you said you would never tolerate, right? Or not following through on the threats that you've issued. You could also become totally intolerant of others. So I know I've known people like this. They simply cut people out of their lives and walk away instead of leaning into their role in the relationship. So if you've done that before where you just get so intolerant and you're like, forget it. I'm not even dealing with this person anymore. I'm just walking away. I can't stand you know, that they do X, Y, Z, or I can't stand that they're constantly treating me like this. So I'm just going to walk away without actually taking a moment to pause and see what your role, right? You just cut and run. So if you have a history of cutting and running from relationships, I want you to take a look at that because let me tell you, those lessons from the universe, those patterns, they just keep repeating and repeating and repeating until you slow down and pay attention and do the work on you. It's not going away. Sorry, not sorry. Letting people walk all over you and choosing to allow people to hurt you over and over and over right? So you're choosing to let someone continue to hurt you. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? So I want you to tune in and check into that. If you're wondering why you're always feeling hurt and you're often, always, feeling let down by others, okay? You also have weak boundaries if you're treating your children like your best friends, So yes, we want to have a healthy relationship with our kids, but make no mistake about it. We are here as mentors, as guides. They're here to teach us just as much as we're here to teach them, but we are not here to be best friends with our kids. I have amazing relationships with my kids, but there is a strong boundary around, I am not your friend. I am still here to be your parent. I am on your side. I have your back, but I'm not going to go do Jagerbomb shots with you. 
I don't drink anyways, but you get my point here, right? I see a lot of parents trying to be their kids' best friends and what it really shows is a lack of boundary and it's confusing for our children because they need to know that you're in the position of, you know, confidence, leadership. We all need leaders in our lives and as parents, that's what we are. We're leaders, not controllers, ladies and gentlemen, leaders. Okay, you want to be a leader in your children's lives. If you're bending over backwards to make sure everyone else is taken care of. So, I talked about this with clients when I would move things around to make them happy, only to make everybody else unhappy and make me miserable. And this can even look like breaking plans you've made for yourself. So, if you said you were going to stay home and you were going to have this relaxing evening on the couch with your book or your Netflix, and then, you know, so and so calls and you drop all your kind of self care plans and the nurturing evening you had for yourself to run out the door because you don't want to say no to them or you want to make them happy. Okay, so it's always a choice. You've got to check in with what, what's your intention here. If you really wanted to be on the couch, then why are you getting yourself dressed and going out? Okay, so it's always the intention behind it. If you are complaining, blaming, and trying to control things instead of walking away and taking responsibility for your emotional well-being. So if you're constantly complaining about how that friend treats you or, you know, stuff your husband is doing to you or you're trying to control your kids or your partner or your, you know, your boss at work or your clients, instead of actually taking a step back and saying, "Wait a minute, what's my role in this? Why am I complaining about this?" Because you shouldn't have very much to complain about in your life if you are honoring your boundaries. Okay. And if you're in a constant state of anger, like anger all the time at all the things is a clear sign that you are not setting and maintaining healthy boundaries for yourself. Okay. So again, boundaries are not about the other person. It's what do I need to feel my best and show up as my best every single day. So here's what boundaries are not. Okay. They are not game playing. They are not used for manipulation and they are not to try and change someone's behavior. Okay. So that would be manipulation. So one of the boundaries that I had to set, and honestly, I didn't go in with, with a plan. This is kind of intuitively just what kind of came through me when I had my family meeting with my hubby when he was off in rehab. And again, this was like, you know, seven and a half years ago. I'm far on the other side of that story. I remember he walked in and I took one look at him and I said, I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want to be a part of your life. I don't want to be a part of your recovery. You have wreaked havoc on my world and I don't want to hear from you. I don't want a life with you. And I basically picked up, you know, my six-month-old baby at the time and walked out the door. That was a pretty hardcore boundary. And let me tell you, when I walked out the door, I was like, what did I just do? Which is what happens when a person who does not know how to set boundaries suddenly sets boundary. And a big one. That was like a big life-changing boundary. Now, I didn't do it to try and manipulate him. I didn't do it to try and control his recovery. I did it because that's really what I needed. I needed separation from him. I needed to not be in contact with him because by this point in time, I had realized that if I had a chance of this relationship ever working in the future, I needed to do the work on myself. And I knew if we were entangled in that relationship, it wasn't going to work. But let me tell you, I had to have a lot of support around maintaining that boundary afterwards. And he was respectful of it. I couldn't call him. He could only call me. And since I had told him, don't call me, he didn't call me. That was hard. That was really, really hard. And maybe I'll go into that in another episode. So like I said, they're not for game playing or manipulation or trying to change him. They are not threats. Now, ironically, here's the irony. In me setting that boundary, and I could never have known this was going to be the outcome of it, but by me setting that boundary, which was devastating at the time, right? Came came out of my mouth, didn't even, what am I saying? It was one of those out-of-body experiences. But that moment is when he realized that he needed to get sober for himself. Not for me, not to save our relationship, but he needed to be sober for himself. 
because he wanted to be a great dad and he wanted to have a great life with or without me. That would never have happened had I not set that boundary. And so often I see people afraid to set boundaries because they don't want to make someone feel bad. And I'm sure he felt pretty crappy in that moment. In fact, he told me afterwards that that was absolutely devastating for him, which is the last thing I wanted to do. But like I said, that's that's just kind of what happened. So when we set boundaries, there's a lot of opportunity, but we can't do it from a, well, if I say this, maybe this is what will happen. You can't go about it that way. Boundaries are also not selfish. And a lot of people, if you don't have strong boundaries, when you see other people holding boundaries, you may look at them like, oh, they're so selfish, putting themselves first. This may be what some people think of me. Oh, look at her taking care of herself and never being busy and just having this amazing full life. I've worked really hard to establish boundaries so that I can run my business the way I want to run it, so I can raise my family the way I want to raise them. That's important for me. That's not me being selfish. That's me taking responsibility for the life I want to live, the relationships I want to have, uh, the business that I want to run. Boundaries are your foundation. They are the foundation of your self-worth. Okay? Boundaries are the foundation. They are, they are one of the cornerstones of your self-worth. It's how you show yourself that you matter in your life, right? Because behind every great boundary is a woman or a man who really matters to themselves, who really cares deeply about how they feel. Boundaries are also not justifying or explaining. No is a full sentence. So when I set that boundary with my husband, I didn't explain to him, this is why I'm doing this, and I want you to know this, and I think you need to know this, and you know, or say you don't want to go out for dinner with your friend. You don't need to explain, oh, I've had a rough week, and the kids are doing this, and this happened. At like, no, is a complete sentence. Thank you for the invitation, but no thank you. It just doesn't work for me this week. And you don't even have to say the hat. You can just say no thank you, right? No is a complete sentence and it takes practice. Look at how many times when you want to not do something, you feel like you have to justify or explain. If you want to leave a Facebook group that you're not really happy being in anymore, just leave. You don't need to write a long post about why you need to exit and why it's not in alignment with you anymore. Nobody cares. Okay, when we justify and explain, we are trying to soothe our own discomfort. We're not trying to make the other person feel good. We're trying to make ourselves feel good, right? Because we don't want to be a bitch. We don't want to be a meanie. We don't want other people to not like us. We don't want other people to judge us. Okay, so this is your wake-up call around justifying or explaining. If you are justifying or explaining, you are not holding powerful boundaries. You're like a limp piece of spaghetti and nobody's going to respect boundaries when they're when they're not firm, okay? And just because you set a boundary doesn't mean you can't change your mind later. Okay? Boundaries aren't set in stone. They are flexible. You get to change your mind. You might need to hold certain boundaries now, but 6 months from now, once you feel really confident about those boundaries, you might be able to adjust them. Nothing is set in stone, but you have to start looking at your life where you are not currently holding boundaries, okay? And boundaries don't make you a meanie or a bitch or, you know, selfish or self-serving. That's what people who don't have boundaries say about people who do have boundaries. So which side of the fence do you want to be on? The blamers, the complainers, the people with no boundaries who are burnt out, exhausted, and feeling like victims in their lives? Or do you want to be on the side of the fence where you actually feel really great about your life and you matter? You get to choose. And in this podcast, I'm going to really challenge you to look at your current way of thinking and being, take an inventory and see what you need to adjust because otherwise you're going to keep feeling the same exhausted with your hands on too many things wondering why you're barely juggling all the balls so you're going to stay in a state of struggle and survival your body's going to reflect that your bank account's going to reflect that your business is going to reflect that the relationships you have in your life is going to reflect that not on my watch ladies and gentlemen 
All right. So let's talk about what boundary setting will require from you. So boundary setting is going to require you to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Setting boundaries isn't the problem. Staying with the boundaries you set, staying with the discomfort, so no longer justifying or explaining, following through on consequences, having to say hard things, that is what is required from you. And that is the challenge for most of my clients. So it requires that you allow people to react or respond to you however they want, because that's really none of your business, without you trying to make them feel better. They might get angry at you. They might try to control you or manipulate you to get you to do what they're used to you doing. They might become passive aggressive. That is not your problem. Your responsibility is to you. Their reaction is their responsibility. Their emotions around whatever boundary you set is theirs to manage, right? We are all individual human beings, and it is not our job to take on other people's emotions as our responsibility. We're not here to fix how anybody is feeling. Not even my kids. My kids had a rough day. It's not my job to make them feel better. It's my job to allow them to be present to what they're feeling, have a conversation with them, ask them questions, let them know they're loved. Of course, give them a hug and stuff, but I don't need to feed them to make them feel better. I don't need to take them out shopping to try and make them feel better. This is why we have a problem with people not knowing how to actually be with their emotions because as parents, so many parents, when their kids aren't feeling happy or something bad has gone on or they lost the game, we better go to 7-Eleven and have a Slurpee. So we teach our kids at an early age how to numb. Don't deal with your feelings. Let's just mood alter. Okay, let me get back to the point here. All right? You have to practice this. Like I said, I was the awkward kid in the class saying, I don't understand this boundary setting thing. And now I am badass at boundary setting. And it still doesn't always feel good. In fact, I've had moments where I've had to set boundaries where I was physically, like my body was physically shaking because I was having a visceral reaction because it was so uncomfortable for me to say the things that I needed to say in the moment. But I also knew in this particular example, if I did not set this boundary, it was going to be hell on earth moving forward. That might be a little bit dramatic, but it really was going to shift the, I knew in that moment, if I didn't set that boundary, it was really going to shift the dynamic between me and this other person. So I had to be super brave, which is why I had this visceral reaction in my body because my body was literally like, what are you doing? We just tell people what they want to hear and we run away. Does that sound like you? Do you do that? Because that's what I used to do. I used to run from uncomfortable conversations. I used to just say what the person needed me to say so I could get the hell out of there. But there was no way I was standing up for myself. And it's still something I practice. It doesn't feel good setting boundaries. And I think people think, oh, when I set boundaries, it's going to feel so awesome. It doesn't. But when you keep practicing them, it's so worth it on the other side. Because all of a sudden now, you are asking for what you need. You are responsible for how you think and feel. You are responsible for taking care of yourself, right? You're no longer throwing yourself under the bus. And when you're when you're lacking boundaries, that's like energy leaks. We got to plug those holes. Okay. So boundaries, like I said, they're not brick walls to keep people out. They are life preserving tools so that you can feel your best. And emotionally healthy people, they respect boundaries. So one of the things that I love about my clients, my clients have a lot of access to me because I show up 100% for my clients. That's my choice because I know that I can respect my own boundaries, okay? So I'm not going to be voxering someone at 11 o'clock at night. You know, if it's the middle of a weekend and I'm at baseball with my kid, I'm typically not going to be going back and forth with a client, 
I know my boundaries. And the amazing thing is the people who work with me, they're learning how to set and respect boundaries. So it's my job to model it to them. And I never have a problem with clients stepping over boundaries. And it's a beautiful dance and it's a beautiful learning experience where they feel safe to learn what boundaries are all about. So emotionally healthy people respect boundaries. And Brene Brown says that clarity is kindness. And I love that. Clarity is kindness. So when setting boundaries, because I want to talk about this a little bit. Well, Lisa, how do you do this? Like if you didn't know how to do this, how are we supposed to know how to do this? So clarity is kindness. Less is more. Again, we don't need to justify or rationalize or explain ourselves away. Boundaries are simply, especially if you're setting them with somebody else, when it's a behavior that you don't like, right? So it's, if you do this, so let's say, you know, Susie, if you do this again, this is how I'm going to respond, or this is, this is what's going to happen. So you're very clear. I'm not loving this behavior. And if it happens again, this is what I'm going to do. All right. So it's not trying to change them. You take responsibility for what you're going to do. So, you know, there's been times where, you know, with my kids, if you're not home by X time, then you're not going to have the car. Period. End of story. If they're not home, they don't get the car. We had a problem with schools and grades. And that was, you know, until you get these projects handed in, you don't get to drive the car to school. Right? That's setting a boundary. There's no discussion. It's not open for a dialogue. I'm not here to converse with you. I was very clear on what the boundary was. You didn't hand in your project. You don't get to have the car. But, 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 mom, I'm sorry. I'm not available for this conversation. And that's it. I don't argue with my kids about stuff when I've set very strong and firm boundaries. They know. They know because I've been so consistent around boundaries not to argue with me because they're not going to get anywhere. They're literally not going to get anywhere. So I've had clients with parents who want to be in their victim story or they call all the time to just talk about how miserable their lives are. Yes, this happens to my clients all the time. And as kids, right, we feel guilty if we're not sitting in the muck with them or trying to fix them. So instead of reacting and getting drawn into their drama, you can simply say like, mom or dad, I hear what you're saying. You know, I want to acknowledge what you're saying because what does everybody want? We want to be seen and we want to be heard. And then say, how can I best support you? It puts it back on them and it really shows that you're not there to just like listen to what, you know, you're not just going to sit there and commiserate with them. You don't need to fix them and you don't need to get dragged down. You're also able yes, you are, to have the conversation where you actually say, and I know this is uncomfortable when it comes to parents or people you love, but you're allowed to say, you know what? I'm not really like, every time you call me, it seems that you want to complain and I'm happy to talk to you on the phone, but I'm not going to be, I'm not here to listen to you complain. So if you're calling me to complain, I'm going to be getting off the phone. So you've been very clear if they're calling to complain and if they go into complaining, then it's your responsibility to say, Hey mom or Hey dad, I got to go. And that's it. You don't have to explain why you got to go. You just got to go. And if they call and do it again and start complaining and you say, I got to go, guess what? They're going to learn pretty quickly because you stay consistent with your actions that they need to not call and complain. And it may take four, five, 10, 12, 20 times It doesn't matter how long it takes. It's your job to hold the boundary that you set for yourself. Because again, we cannot constant, like we can't expect to change somebody else's behavior. They're going to do what they're going to do. And if you've been entertaining their misery for a long time and suddenly you change your behavior, they're not going to like it a lot. And that's their problem. But it's on you to stick to your boundaries. There have been many times I've had to have conversations with my husband where I've had to say, "Hun, like I love you. I adore you, and I'm not I'm not willing to have this conversation with you anymore because I've given you my input. 
yet we're ha- like you're bringing it up again. So I love you. And maybe it's time for you to go get a coach and get the support you need with this. And yes, I have actually said that to my husband. And yes, he does now have a coach he's working with. So with children, you can set boundaries, but make sure you follow through. So again, like we teach people how to to treat us and kids learn. So if you tell them that if they don't clean up their room, they're not going outside and then they don't clean up their room, but you know, they're driving you crazy. So you send them outside. Guess what? They've learned that it doesn't really matter. You don't follow through on what you say. You're also teaching them that they can't really trust you. So I want you to let that sink in. When you don't follow through on boundaries you set with your kids, you're teaching them that they can't really trust you. Because if you're not going to follow through on the stuff you say you're going to follow through on when it's stuff like cleaning your room or being home on time, if shit really hits the fan in their life, can they trust you to really be there for them and follow through? That's important. Okay? So boundaries has a lot to do with integrity. And integrity is one of my top values. Maybe that's why I love boundaries so much. So with kids, you know, you can give them a choice. Do you want to do you want to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? So you still get a say, but now you've set a boundary around these are the parameters you have to choose from. And then let them choose. And if you don't make a choice by X, Y, and Z, this is going to be the consequence. And then follow through. And sometimes the follow through when it comes to kids, oh my Lord, the tantrums that I've had to sit through because I had to follow through on the boundary. So not only did I have to be in my discomfort, but when you're dealing with a two, three, four-year-old, oh, there's a lot of discomfort that you're having to feel coming directly from them. I know all my parents will, will get this. So when you're setting boundaries, you know, you really decide if you need to communicate the consequences or not, right? Like if you don't want to have that conversation with your mom or your dad about them complaining all the time, you simply need to set the boundary with yourself. And if they go into that, you just simply say, I got to go, right? You don't have to communicate with them. Hey, you're complaining again. So if you continue to do that, I'm going to leave, right? But in the case of if you were dealing with somebody who was caught in addiction or drinking, you can set a firm boundary and be very clear. Like, I will not be coming to visit you if you've been drinking, or I will not have a phone conversation with you if you've been drinking. If you call me and you've been drinking, I'm simply going to hang up. And when we're dealing with things like addiction, strong boundaries are required because it is so toxic. And I would say, I really want you to look at all the relationships in your lives because addiction or not, there are so many relationships that are so incredibly toxic because there are no boundaries. Okay. So we obviously have a no drugs policy in our house and that goes for anyone living under the roof, living under our roof, right? Like if anybody in my house uses drugs, they can't live here, period. There's no like, (laughs) there's no gray area. This has been made very, very clear. And we've had to have some really strong conversations with the kids about this as they went into their teenage years. And I was prepared to follow through. I was prepared to follow through. You'd have to go live with your dad. So it's your choice, right? Because it is, it's their choice. I cannot control their behavior. It is your choice. And the boundary is you won't be living here if you want to do drugs. Pretty cut and dry. Would it be heartbreaking for me as a parent? Absolutely. But that's what it means to hold boundaries because boundaries cause the other person, well, we don't know. But a boundary, again, is for you. And when you set a boundary, the other person does feel a reaction to it. And we don't know what's going to be on the other side of that. So again, it can't be used to threaten or manipulate or gameplay. But trust, if you set a powerful boundary with somebody... It's going to impact them in a certain way. You're just not responsible for how it impacts them. Okay. So I always look at it and I want you to look at when you're setting boundaries that you have to be responsible for the message you deliver and the energy and the intention behind it. How it's received by the other person is none of your business. And I've already said this. We simply can't 
be responsible for managing other people's emotions around how they're reacting to the boundaries we're setting, especially if we've never set boundaries before. We also can't stop people from crossing our boundaries, but we can choose how we respond. So if you've got a client that won't stop emailing you or harassing you, you don't have to respond to their emails, right? You can choose to not respond. And in fact, often with boundary setting, saying nothing says everything. Saying nothing says everything because the more you engage, the more they get fired up and on and on and on. So they might freak out, come back a million more times. But honestly, like if you have somebody that's not respecting your boundaries, is this a person that you even want to have in your life, a client that you want to have in your life? Again, it comes back to you get to choose because for me, no amount of money is worth my peace and well-being. That can't be bought. So if I had a client that was constantly stepping over boundaries, I would fire them because I am here to model boundaries and I expect that from my clients, that they will be able to understand boundaries and have those conversations. So you can set boundaries for anything you want if the intention behind it is about you living a more peaceful life. So, you know, you really have to take a look at all the different pieces in your world and decide where you are suddenly going to start setting some powerful boundaries and having a zero tolerance policy. So like I said, when we express consequences and don't follow through, we just show the other person that we have weak boundaries that mean nothing and they'll continue to behave the way they were behaving. So like I said, setting boundaries doesn't guarantee the other person will change. And that can't be the intent of you setting them. But I want you to know, we teach people how to treat us. And how you treat yourself is a direct reflection of how others are treating you. Okay, so we teach people how to treat us. So as always, if you're here for transformation, I want you to point the finger back at you and stop complaining and blaming. So boundaries, ladies and gentlemen, are best kept simple. So this month, the month of June, the month of no, I'll be saying no a lot because my time is my most valuable resource and my energy is my most valuable resource. It's energy first and then time. I need to be present for my kids, my clients, my June events, and of course you, my listener. So anything that isn't a priority is going to be a hard no until the middle of July. So this week's takeaway is all about practice. I want you to sit down and take an inventory of all the things you're tolerating in your life, your business, your relationships, with your body, and I want you to go through that list and get clear on what you're no longer willing to tolerate. I want you to start with yourself. What things are you going to start saying no to? And remember that boundary setting doesn't always have to be about another person. You can set boundaries with yourself, but make sure you follow through. Remember, integrity and self-trust is built on you keeping the promises you make to yourself. And you can baby step your way and start with just a few things. You can put boundaries around the foods you're eating. You can put boundaries on how late you're staying up. You can put boundaries on your work hours. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're a high achiever and you're burnt out and you're caught in the struggle and survival, but you're not taking responsibility for your physical well-being, where do you need to implement boundaries so that that does become a priority? If you're not getting enough sleep, you need to sleep. If you're eating crappy food, how do you expect to have energy? Maybe you're not eating at all. Maybe the boundary is that you stop and you make sure you get three squares in a day. Maybe you need to put boundaries around your work hours, right? Stop telling yourself that you're going to not work around the clock and then work around the clock. So when it comes to other people, I want you to look at the quality of your relationships. What are you tolerating in others? And where are you saying yes when you want to say no? Where do you need to reclaim your energy and your time? I'm very discerning about the people I spend time with. I want it to be quality. I want it to be enriching. I want it to be nourishing. 
right? So where can you plug the leaks? And where in these relationships can you start showing up differently? It might be spending less time with somebody or leaving groups or activities that you no longer love, that you're just doing because, you know, what will people think if you quit? Or what will people think if you leave? Or what if she doesn't like you anymore if you say you don't want to go to Pilates with her? Right? Are you willing to put yourself first? It might be having a conversation with someone you care about and being honest about how you feel. I want you to also look at where you can give less and put some boundaries around giving. Almost every single one of my clients is an overgiver, yet they block receiving. You would think we're throwing battery acid on them if, you know, even if you give them a compliment. So I want you to look at where you can give less. Because again, it's the intention behind your giving. If you're giving to be liked, to fit in, you know, to not be judged, that's not okay. Again, don't let someone make you their option while you're making them your priority. So you are 100% responsible for your life, your relationship, and every, every aspect of your life. Your energy is your number one priority. And if you're listening to this podcast, then I know you're ready to stop feeling so exhausted. So I've already said this, and I'm going to say it again. Lack of boundaries is allowing you to leak energy, and it's time for you to take responsibility and plug the holes. Taking care of ourselves, taking care of you, takes work. Transformation doesn't come without discomfort, and I promise you won't die from being uncomfortable. Okay, so I want you to remind yourself when you're setting these boundaries, I want to I want my voice to be in your head and I want you to hear I'm not going to die. I can do hard things. The reward on the other side of learning how to set powerful boundaries is so worth it. It is so worth it. It is the first step in really saying I want to have an awesome relationship with me first. That's what boundaries are about. So if this episode resonated with you. I want you to jump on social media. I want you to share it on Instagram or on Facebook. I want you to use the hashtag full frontal living podcast. And every week in the month of June, I am going to keep track of everybody sharing these episodes and you're going to get entered into a draw. And maybe if you're struggling with boundaries, we're going to get on a call and we're going to unpack this one-to-one and you will never be the same again. So finish up the episode, go share. I hope you enjoyed. And if you haven't left a review on iTunes yet, you'll get a bonus. I'm totally bribing you for your reviews. And I don't care. I have no shame in my game because I want this message into more ears. This is the goal of June is how many people can I reach? Help me spread this message because I know so many of you guys out there need to hear it. So go and leave a review on iTunes. You'll get yourself a bonus entry. You can share as many episodes a week as you want to. Every week, I'm going to reset it on Monday, and you can enter again, okay? So you're going to have four weeks, four opportunities to win that session. I'm going to give a session away a week. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for allowing me to come into your day. Remember to take amazing care of you because you have to matter in your life, and it's time to thrive. Until next episode, have a great day. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt that total soul-wrenching certainty that something in your life needed to change? Listen up. You can be incredibly successful and yet not see yourself as successful. In fact, for many of my clients, it takes me pointing out that they are higher achievers for them to even see this for themselves. Most of my clients have never taken the time to pause and acknowledge their accomplishments because they're too busy focusing on the next thing they want to get after. I often joke that they set a bar for themselves, but as soon as they get close to reaching it, they simply raise the bar. It's the never-ending cycle that perpetuates the story that they're not there yet. More often than not, they genuinely believe they haven't done enough. 
You probably love setting and accomplishing goals, have no problem getting things done, know what it means to embrace the hustle, and working your ass off might be your status quo. What the women who are part of my community come to realize is that no amount of doing is going to give you the feeling of fulfillment you're looking for. What makes this realization more painful is feeling the impact your choices are having on your physical and emotional well-being. The deep gut level knowing that you need to make a change in your life has nothing to do with how much you've accomplished on paper or how successful you appear to someone looking at you from the outside. You might feel burnt out because you struggle with boundaries that support you feeling good. Maybe you have a gorgeous, healthy family, but don't feel like you're really connected to your kids. Maybe you're slowly starting to realize that you're overly dependent on that glass of wine to unwind, catch yourself mindlessly eating, or worse yet, forgetting to eat. Coffee has become a staple and hours can disappear as you scroll social media mindlessly. You're probably burning the candle at both ends because when everyone else goes to bed, you stay up late just to have you time. Basically, you're starting to realize you're numbing your way through life and that you are the last thing on your list of priorities. No matter what you've accomplished, there's something deep down in your soul that is screaming out for more. And you won't be satisfied until you can figure out what that is. If you're listening to this podcast, I can guess you've already taken the first steps in recognizing the transformation you're seeking isn't going to be found in doing more, but in discovering why you're so addicted to your doing in the first place. You're probably also realizing that if you don't start to make caring for your emotional and physical well-being a priority, things are only going to get worse. Lasting transformation doesn't happen overnight, and it often doesn't happen without support. They're called blind windows for a reason. I've made it my personal mission in life to support women trying to create extraordinary lives of their own choosing. That's why, in addition to this podcast, I send out powerful emails to help you navigate life as an ambitious, driven, high-achieving woman so that you can make positive changes you need to thrive in your life. Join me for this journey towards what it looks like to love what you do, but love yourself more by signing up for my email list. You'll get first access to resources I've created to support you. Plus, I'll let you know about new podcast episodes, coaching opportunities, and more. Head over to lisacarpenter.ca forward slash sign up today and join my network of empowered, inspiring, ambitious women. This is your next step in choosing to make you a priority. Thank you so much for listening to the Full Frontal Living Podcast.